0: Today's scripture reading is taken from Psalm 119. You are righteous, O Lord, and your judgments are right. You have appointed your decrees in righteousness and in all faithfulness. My zeal consumes me because my foes forget your words. Your promise is well tried, and your servant loves it. I am small and despised, yet I do not forget your precepts. Your, right, your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and your law is the truth. Trouble and anguish have come upon me, but your commandments are my delight. Your decrees are righteous forever. Give me understanding that I may live. This is. Please join me this morning with our New Testament scripture reading from Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 10. He, being Jesus, entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him, because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, He has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abram. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. This too is the word of the Lord. Please join me in prayer. Father, we come to you. Desiring to taste and see that you are good. Speak to our hearts. Quiet our minds. That we would hear the truth in your word this morning. Lord, that we would taste and see that you are good at the communion table. And that we would encounter you. It's in your son's matchless name we pray these things. Amen. This morning, we're going to be talking about a very familiar story. And one of the things I would immediately like to bring your attention to as we look to the text is the passage directly before the passage of Zacchaeus. If you look in your Bible to the left page and to the page before, we have a story in Luke chapter 18 about a rich ruler. Many of us are familiar with the story and know sort of how it goes, but I'd like to remind us. In this passage, a rich ruler comes to Jesus and asks him, how might I enter the kingdom of God? And he says, I've kept all of these laws. And Jesus says to him a very difficult phrase. He says that he should go and sell everything he has. And that when the the rich ruler leaves disappointed, Jesus says to his disciples, something that we all sort of struggle with, and Doug even referenced this a few weeks ago, that it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter heaven. And now... I don't think inconsequentially, I think Luke is presenting another story of a rich man. On his way to Jerusalem, Jesus, instead of taking the quick way around, he goes through the city center of Jericho, maybe just to meet with this man, Zacchaeus, specifically. And as he enters the city, a crowd has gathered. By this time in his ministry, it's far along, and we know that Jesus is approaching the end of his earthly ministry. The crowd follows him wherever he goes. It's more like a mob, really, from the scene we see here. And and everyone is trying to get close to him. And everyone is trying to catch a glimpse of him. And maybe maybe hear a word or hear a parable. Or hear what this Jesus guy is all about. So much so that this, this man, Zacchaeus, decides that he has to see. He has to hear. He has to know what all the fuss is about. But as the Bible tells us, and as we all learned in Sunday school, he was not a tall man. He was a short man. And so he climbs a sycamore tree. He climbs a tree just to catch a glimpse or just to see what may happen. We all know the story. We tell it to children. I remember very vividly in Sunday school, those flannel graph boards, you know, with the little people, and you put them on, and you put little Zacchaeus up in the tree, and And it's a wonderful tale. It's a wonderful story of generosity and of giving. And I think rightly so. And and, and immediately when I I saw that this text was on Zacchaeus, I got very excited. Because I thought, I'm going to come up with a a new way to teach it. I'm going to come up with a new angle. I'm going to just find some truth that I've never seen before. And as I read and reread this passage... I realize there's a reason it's such a powerful children's story. There's a reason we all remember this from church is because it's simple. Yet it's something that we all must revisit on a regular basis. And so this morning as we look at this text, I would like to look at it in the context of the rich ruler before him, as Luke presents this man Zacchaeus and what happened in his heart, and that we would approach this text as Christ told us to come to him as little children. So, as we look at this text, look at verse 3 with me. The first detail I think we ought to to see and we ought to think about is that Zacchaeus wanted to see who Jesus was. He didn't just want to see Jesus. He didn't just want to keep a visual glimpse, but he wanted to see who he was. Maybe he had heard about the miracles. By now, as we mentioned, there was a mob following Jesus wherever he went. People maybe wanted to be healed. Maybe some people wanted to disprove him. Maybe some people were skeptical. We don't know, but I think Luke is very intentional of his choice of words here. He didn't just want to see Jesus. He wanted to see who Jesus was. So who was he? Who was this Zacchaeus? Who was this Zacchaeus that was so curious about our God? The Bible gives us only three details about this man. It says that he was a chief tax collector that he was short, and that he was rich. We can make our own conclusions about his character. We can say that maybe he was angry, and, and maybe he was greedy, and, and, and some of these things would be fair and would be right. But the Bible gives us three details, that he was the chief tax collector for Jericho, that he was short, and that he was rich. And I think it's, as I mentioned, very intentional that he gives us that detail that he was rich. just before, what did Jesus say? It's very difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And so we must consider the approach that Zacchaeus made here to Jesus. Picture the scene, right? It's busy, it's crowded, and here is a well-known person to the town. He is well-known, he may not be respected because he represents the government, but he is well-known, and he is powerful, and he is wealthy, and he has decided to humiliate himself. He decides to climb a tree. At first, I didn't really think this was humiliating until maybe I put it in today's context. Imagine a city official. Imagine a government official. Imagine someone with high standing in in, in, in the community that everyone knows mocking themselves in a suit, in a tie, climbing a tree on the Bahnhofstrasse to see a parade or to see an important person going by. It would be humiliating. It would be absolutely humiliating. Imagine the Dalai Lama was here a couple of weeks ago. Imagine the Dalai Lama walking through the center of town and a city official climbing a tree just to get a glimpse. It would be quite embarrassing. I think it would be funny, but it would be quite embarrassing. Not only that, but then consider about Jesus. Consider our God and how life-changing Jesus was that people were doing these sorts of things. That a man of his stature was willing just to get a glimpse, maybe to hear a parable, maybe to see a healing. That he was willing to climb a tree and do something that other people would probably look at him and look down their nose at him and say, that person is a fool. We can also assume from the text that Zacchaeus, as I mentioned, probably was not very well liked. We know in in, in biblical times that tax collectors weren't the most honest people. We, as human beings, don't inherently like taxes. It's natural that if someone came around and collected taxes, and not only collected taxes, but collected more than we might owe, we would maybe dislike that person. And on top of this, in in, in Luke's Gospel earlier in chapter 3, when people are approaching John the Baptist, one of the things he tells them to do, a tax collector goes to John the Baptist and says, what should I do? How do I encounter God? And John the Baptist tells the tax collector in Luke chapter 3, he says, don't collect more than you need to. Be honest. Which gives us insight that maybe if Zacchaeus was so wealthy, that maybe he was dishonest. And yet, this wealthy, well-known man in this town decided that he didn't care. Something came over him that he decided he just had to see Jesus. He had to see who this Jesus was. Even if it was a glimpse from a tree as he walked by, he wasn't going to miss this event. It reminds me of the bleeding woman in Mark chapter 5, if you remember, how she reached out just to touch Jesus in the crowd. Something came over Zacchaeus, and he just had to see him. I would also like to point out one text that's one of my favorites about this, about Someone who is dignified becoming undignified for our God. If you're familiar with the story of David, King David, when the ark returns from Jerusalem in 2 Samuel chapter 6, does a little dance. And if you don't know the story, the ark of God comes back into Jerusalem and David dances around in his linen ephod, whatever that is. It's an undergarment, essentially. A king should not be seen in a linen ephod. And in 2 Samuel chapter 6, Verses 21 to 22, David says this. Let me read it for you. David said to Michael, the daughter of Saul, it was before the Lord who chose me in this place of your father and over all of his, house, his household to appoint me as a prince over Israel, the people of the Lord, that I have danced before the Lord and I will make myself yet more contemptible than this and I will be abased in my own eyes but by the maids of whom you have spoken for, by them I should be held in honor. In the NIV, it says that I will become even more undignified before my God. And so there is Zacchaeus, being undignified. No one likes him. He takes all their money. He's dishonest. And there he is, sitting in a tree, just trying to catch a glimpse of this man he's heard about. And Jesus does something here that he doesn't do a lot. Jesus is walking through and he walks up to Zacchaeus. And he walks up and I'm sure he looks up and he does something that is so powerful. He calls him by name. He says Zacchaeus. He doesn't say my son. He doesn't say tax collector. He doesn't say heathen. He doesn't say sinner like the people call him in verse 7. The people of the town say, oh, he's gone to be with that sinner. Yet Jesus calls him by name. And in doing so, I believe Zacchaeus' heart changed. He said right before this that it's difficult for a rich man to enter heaven. And Zacchaeus' heart changed. Something changed inside of him. God took hold of his heart. And that was the difference. When we look at the power of contrast, when we look at the two different stories together, it illuminates the power of what Zacchaeus did so much more. God didn't see his outward appearance. He didn't see a ridiculous short man in a tree. He saw a man whose heart was changed. You know, I mentioned King David in 2 Samuel. We often talk about, and scripture talks about, King David as a man whose heart was after God, a man of God's own heart. Yet when we study King David, what do we see? We see indiscretion after indiscretion after over and over and over, most notably his affair with Bathsheba and the murder of her husband. But when God called David to be king, it's one of my favorite verses, and I hate to say it's a favorite verse because there's so many that are wonderful and powerful, but the Lord said to Samuel when he called David in First Samuel chapter 16, do not look on his appearance or the height of his stature, Because I have rejected him. Talking about David's older brothers. And it says this. The Lord does not see as mortals see. For they look on outward appearance. But the Lord looks on the heart. The Lord looks on the heart. And so Jesus as he walked and called Zacchaeus by name. The rest of the town had labeled Zacchaeus as a sinner. He was a bad guy. We don't want anything to do with him. But in this story... In this story that we all learned and we're all familiar with, we are reminded that redemption is always possible. We are reminded that regeneration is always possible. And that Zacchaeus knew that when he decided to give back and to be honest and to change his heart, that that was what he needed to do. See, the rich ruler in Luke chapter 18 was confident in his own works, wasn't he? He said, oh yes, I've I've kept the law. Yes, I've I've done all these things. What 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 else can I do? He was trying to control his salvation. He was trying to control his path and what the Lord had for him. But Zacchaeus just simply says, "Hey Jesus, um, <laughs> I'm just going to give every. I'm just going to give all this back, and I'm going to do all this, and I'm going to be a cheerful giver. I am going to be kind, and I'm going to be courteous, and I am going to realize that I can't do this on my own. So I'm just going to give all I can." And to the rich ruler, Jesus was very. Legalistic, wasn't he? he? Said, sell everything. You know what it says in the book of James. That to the law or to the proud, Jesus always gave people the law. When people were proud and they came to Jesus with a hard heart and said, "Tell me, tell me how great I am. Tell me, tell me how how, how I can get what you have." Jesus, he always gave them the law. He always gave them things that seemed impossible. But when sinners and prostitutes, and tax collectors came to him, he gave them grace. He gave them unyielding grace because they came to Jesus with a humble heart to show what God can do. Consider this story of Zacchaeus. Consider the outward appearance. Jesus didn't require anything from this man. Zacchaeus gave willingly. But his heart was changed. The rich ruler was unwilling to change. The rich ruler thought he could control everything and that he had everything figured out. But this sinner, this person who came to Jesus, Jesus called him by name and said, Salvation has come to this house. Salvation has come to this man because he has come with a humble heart. He knew he was a sinner. But his humility before God was seen as righteousness. And this is what I would like to share. As we look at this man, as we look at this man Zacchaeus, this tax collector, this is why our God was so revolutionary. This is why Jesus is so hard to understand. If you've ever heard of the phrase, the upside down kingdom, it doesn't make sense. (laughs) Why would the last be first? Why would the man who has all of his things and follows the law go away sad? But Zacchaeus, who was a sinner, who just had a change of heart, leave, and Christ says that salvation has come to his house. I look at this passage and I think, are we supposed to have the faith of a tax collector in a sinner? Sort of, yes. Because it is only when we know we are sinners, it is only when we know we have sinned, that we can come to God to say, here, fix it. I need help. But when we come to the Lord with a proud heart, when we come to the Lord With confidence in our own actions is when we keep parts of ourselves from God. It's when we keep parts of our God that God wants so dearly to use for His glory and His kingdom. Mm -hmm. Brothers and sisters in Christ, with God our hearts can be changed and regenerated as we prayed. But it's only with God. And it's only through humility where we bow before the throne of Christ where He can regenerate our hearts and our souls. It starts with humility. It starts with lowering ourselves to a place of worship to say, I can't do this on my own. And what's amazing and what's so powerful is when we lower ourselves before the feet of our king, he looks at us and he calls us by name. And he looks at you and he calls you by name and he says, hey, I want to go be with you today because you get it. Please pray with me. Lord God, we come to you this morning as a church, as a body of believers, brothers and sisters together, in humility. Lord, we know we are weak, but you are strong. Lord, we know your perfection is made perfect in our weakness. And so, Lord, together as a church body today, we come before you. We prepare our hearts and minds for worship at your communion table that we would simply offer all we are, our hearts and our souls, that through the power of the cross of Christ, his death, his resurrection, and his ascension, that we are made righteous in your eyes. And for that, Lord, we give you thanks. In the powerful name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.